Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 5 of Revelation chapter 14. We're going to be reading verse 5. And Revelation 14.5 says, And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. And this is um, really a wonderful verse that God has given us, because the problem with mankind since Adam and Eve fell into sin back in the Garden of Eden has been guile or deceit, as this word is also translated. It, it, it has been a problem of fault and blame, as we are guilty. We have broken and transgressed the law of God. We have offended holy God. And as a result, we have come under the wrath of God. But by God's mercy... And through his grace and through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord developed a salvation program. And and this salvation, uh, of course, begins with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is slain from the foundation of the world as the sacrificial lamb. And upon that building stone, upon that rock, God determined to save sinners all throughout the history of the world. And the 144,000 that we were reading of earlier in Revelation 14, they are called the first fruits unto God. They identify with a particular season, the season of the church age, the 1955-year period from 33 A.D. until 1988 A.D., in which God was utilizing the churches and congregations of the world to save certain individuals from, from, from the nations of the world. And he saved them through his word, through the ministry of the churches. The churches served a purpose. They, they operated, uh, at the command of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had the full authority and blessing of God to the degree they were faithful to his word. And as a result, every individual or every person that God intended to save over the course of that almost 2,000 year period did become saved. And then when, when God completed the salvation of the first fruits, which we don't know the number. The, the Bible uses this figure of 144,000, but it, it more than likely was several million. We don't know the number. But when God did complete that salvation program, and he would have finished it by the end of uh, May 21, 1988, when the church age ended, the Lord had accomplished his purpose through the churches, and then... And only then he brought judgment on the churches and congregations of the world. They had served the purpose that he had intended for them. 
and now judgment would begin at the house of God. And as we've learned more and more about God's times and seasons, that that would be it for the churches. They would no longer be used by God to save any more people. That would be reserved for the little season of the Great Tribulation, wherein God would save a great multitude of people outside of the churches and congregations, and they would be brought in as the final fruit. But here in Revelation 14.5, it says, And in their mouth was found no guile, for they're without fault before the throne of God. So the emphasis is on the mouth, and that's not surprising because it is through the mouth that we speak and declare the word of God. And that means that the Lord is indicating these 144,000, these elect people were speaking faithfully. They were declaring truthfully to the degree that the Lord had opened their understanding because we also have to keep in mind that during the church age, there was a seal placed over the word of God, the Bible. The word was sealed up until the time of the end, and the time of the end began at the end of the church age. And and uh, in other places in Scripture, God likens the church age to a time wherein men slept, wise and foolish, elect and unsaved people slept, according to the parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13. There, there was a period of sleep in the sense that the Bible was sealed up and much information was hidden and kept from the understanding of the people of God. And and it was just not for them to understand these things that the Lord reserved for the time of the end. And we shouldn't think that would make them any less faithful. No, when just just think about this, when... Uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And when we look at the life of Noah or Abraham or David, these Old Testament saints, how much understanding did they have of um, the Bible's doctrines? They had partial understanding, some understanding, but they didn't even have the New Testament to uh, fill them in on many things. Uh, they they had a limited understanding, but it didn't impact their ability to be faithful in the things that God had revealed to them and in the things that they did know were true about the Word of God. That's what uh, God requires of His stewards. That's what He requires of His people is faithfulness to what has been opened up unto you. Of course, now there there's um, a caution with that, because some people might say, well, I'm faithful to what I understand, but and uh, maybe use that as an excuse uh, to not accept the information at this time that the Lord has opened up. No, it, it's not a matter of Noah or Moses or David being confronted with 
many truths and turning away from them and dismissing them or ignoring them or um, just waving them away with a brush of their hand. No, they, they certainly were open to all that God would say to them. And whatever it is that God brought to them in his revelation, they were faithful to. And, and likewise to the Lord's people during the church age. They had a little bit more understanding than the Old Testament saints. Remember the Apostle Paul writes under inspiration of God in Ephesians chapter 3 that a mystery was revealed to him that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs with the Jews, that fellow heirs of the kingdom of heaven. And and God wrote about that extensively in the Old Testament, but he he sealed that up. And and the Jewish people were not aware of it, apparently. Even the faithful believers amongst Israel did not have that information opened up to their minds until the proper time came, wherein it was time to evangelize the world, the world of the nations. The nations are the Gentiles. And, and then at that time and season, the Lord opened up the information to Paul and it was like a, a glorious new revelation. Yet it was always written about on the pages of the Bible. So we shouldn't look back and think, well, because people during the church age did not have a full and, and accurate understanding of certain doctrines, such as Christ slain from the foundation of the world, or annihilation, or um, the judgment on the church, or or any of the the things that the Lord has graciously opened up to us who are living during the time of the end, we shouldn't think that that means that, that these men were less faithful. They were faithful. They, they were men, as it says here, in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. They were faithful uh, insofar as to what God had given to them for their age, for their time, for their era. They they could not break through the seal that God placed upon the word, the Bible, so the Lord didn't expect them to. And he did not hold them to that standard of faithfulness, wherein they must understand things that were impossible for them, to understand that that knowledge would be increased later as we've seen in our time. Well, the Greek word here, guile, is Strong's number 1388, dolos, and it's used um, a good amount of, of times in the New Testament. In Mark 7, and we'll look at how it's used uh, negatively. In Mark 7, it says in verse 22, well, excuse me, I'll back up to verse 20. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit. 
And that's uh, the same Greek word, Strong's 1388, that's translated as guile. Lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. So um, they're within the heart of man, the, the stony heart. The heart that Jeremiah 17.9 tells us is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things is guile. And, and, and uh, the word guile here is translated as deceit. So it's a main characteristic of the unsaved heart, of an unregenerate heart of the natural condition of man. Men are full of guile. Mankind is extremely deceitful. Extremely deceitful. And to be deceitful means, well, you're a liar. You're, you're underhanded. You, you, you won't, um, really, if pressed, speak the truth, but you will easily, quickly, Lie, because you are a deceitful man. And that is our nature. That is the heart of the sinner. It's desperately wicked. It's not just a little wicked, but desperately wicked and deceitful. Not deceitful in a equal way with other deceitful things, but deceitful above all. All things, if you can think of uh, any number of deceitful things, uh, deceitful lying things, well, place the heart of man at the top of the list. It is the most deceitful thing there is. And it's why the world uh, will not come to the light. It's why the world is contrary to the things of God. It's why the world uh, will will praise Santa Claus at the time of Christ's birth or at a time that has been chosen to celebrate Christ's birth or the world prefers an Easter bunny to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It It's why the world will not listen to the Bible. Because of their very nature, this guile that is within mankind. It, it, it's why a philosophy like evolution that, that is the most ridiculous thing anybody could ever think of, it is the most ridiculous idea anybody could possibly think of. That, that things over the course of time, are slowly evolving and improving, and and all the things around us, all these complex creatures, just, just the eyes of creatures, the ears of creatures, the uh, nervous systems, the 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 minds of of these animals, or the mind of man, these things that are so complex and intricate. And, and, uh, obviously designed by a creator because when things 
are just thrown together, or if you leave something alone, nothing improves. Nothing develops. That is an obvious fact of life in this world. They have zero proof for evolution, but so many scientists accept it. So many scholarly men accept it. Oh, it must be true. It's only true and held as a fact for one reason. The heart of man is deceitful above all things, and he's willing to grab a hold of the most foolish, um, outlandish theory imaginable rather than hold to the truth of the Bible, which explains everything with a, a few simple statements by God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, this is what is in man, and and it's why it is so uh, beautiful, wonderful, glorious, when we read a verse like Revelation 14.5, In their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Wouldn't it be so nice to meet people, to to know people, that have no guile within them. Remember, um, the Lord Jesus met someone like that in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 1, he met Nathaniel. And the Lord said to Nathaniel in John 1 verse 47, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Now, uh, why would Jesus say that? Especially since the Bible indicates that guile or deceit flows forth, gushes, is more like it, out of the heart of man. Well, the only way Nathaniel could be a man in whom there is no guile is if he had already received a new heart and a new spirit. And all those evil, wicked, ugly things that come from the heart of man are gone. They are uh, taken out of the one that God saves. He takes out the heart of stone and he gives a heart of flesh. He gives a new spirit. And in the new spirit that the Lord places within The redeemed sinner is perfection, holiness, purity. There is no guile, no deceit in that perfect born-again soul that the Lord instills into the spiritual heart of those that he saves. Nathaniel was a child of God, which explains why we won't read it, but if you read John 1, when when the Lord introduced himself and made a few simple statements, Nathaniel was extremely quick to obey and and to follow and to agree and to understand that Christ was the Messiah because to those that God saves, they are given an ear 
to hear the voice of Christ, the, the voice of their Savior. And, and they do not have that kind of understanding that, that they're, they don't hear the voice of strangers. Nathaniel heard Christ's voice and he knew this is truth. This is the Messiah, the, the Holy One from God. Well, uh, there's many scriptures that we could look at. Um, let, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter 3, and it says in verse 10, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Here God is commanding and directing his people to have a mouth that does not speak guile. He says here, his lips that they speak no guile. The Lord would have his people speak the truth. Speak what the word of God says. No more, no less, no addition, no subtraction, only what the word of God says. And that is the desire. That is the goal of each child of God. For everyone that is a true believer, a true worshiper of the Lord Jesus Christ, we strongly desire, because God has given us that desire, to do the will of God in our life. And that means in the things we do, our actions, in the things we think, and in the things we say. These are all important areas. We we are to be in submission to God in all ways in all areas of our life and and so we do desire not to offend not to transgress what what the word of god says and uh, i know at e bible we have this desire um an ongoing desire to be faithful to what the bible says and and we study and study and we try uh, to use the methodology the Lord has given us, comparing Scripture with Scripture, to allow the Holy Ghost to teach, and then when we're sure, that, and and we've done as much homework as we can, we speak, we we proclaim th- the things that we learn from the Bible, and uh, it, we're we're not perfect. We don't do that perfectly. There, there have been areas where we've received correction, where we've spoken things in the past, and they needed to be corrected. So we were in error, we were wrong. But we're not uh, going to resist correction, we desire correction. And, and just as uh, God's people during the church age had understanding to a degree, and some of their understanding was not fully correct or in agreement yet the lord is the one in control of what he reveals to his people in 
his times and seasons. In the Old Testament, there was uh, limited understanding. In the, the church age, more understanding, but still limited as the Bible was sealed up. And then at the time of the end, the Great Tribulation into these days after the Tribulation, the Day of Judgment, more understanding still, and we learn, we receive correction from it, we we speak what we know, but in all periods of time, every child of God is limited by our finite nature, and we're not God. We we can pray, we can follow God's methodology, and and we can beseech Him for wisdom and understanding. Yet there are um, some things that we we do not have understanding of, but the Lord would have us to fully accept, fully declare with our mouth the things we have been able to search out and to prove from the Bible. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.